When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From the Jethro's Barbecue Studios, now featuring Happy Mondays with two-for-one Happy CBD Cocktails, this is Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. For 75 years, NCMIC has been doing the right thing for its customers, employees, and the community. Now, here's Miller and Condit. Hour number two, welcome back, Miller and Condon. Trent Condon, Ken Miller, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Bottom of the hour, Scott Dockerman from The Athletic on the Hawkeyes and the Big Ten. Right now, music means time to talk. Our weekly conversation with our friend Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com. His power rankings came out, oh, probably around 8 o'clock here this morning. He joins us to talk Major League Baseball, fresh off his vacation. Hello, Matt Snyder. How are you? Trent and Ken. I'm great. How are you? Doing well. Uh, looking forward to catching up with you again. Let's start with the the National League and... Maybe with the Dodgers, who seemed before the season, I get maybe a little bit of an overreaction, but they have lost nine out of their last 13 games. Walter Buehler now maybe out as long as September. Um, Mets are playing incredibly well without Scherzer and DeGrom. What's wrong with the Dodgers? Well, I, I mean, I think some of it is ebbs and flows of the season, and we've seen uh, them go through incredibly terrible streaks. I mean, I, I think 2017, they were on pace to have one of the best seasons of all time, and then just went into a horrible tailspin in September, still ended up in the World Series, lost in seven games, but, you know, if you're in Game 7 of the World Series, that's still mostly a successful season, even for the Dodgers. So I do think some of it is ebbs and flows. Some of it is the, the rotation depth for sure there. Kershaw's been banged up. He's back. Uh, as you said, Bueller's hurt now. Haney is on a rehab assignment and coming back soon. So that probably gets shored up here in a second. Offensively, they've had some guys who just aren't hitting the way that you would expect. He was hurt and he just came back. But Max Muncy, although he was in the news for hitting a three-run <laughs> home run. Yes, he was. Uh, <laughs> Other than that, though, he's been pretty terrible this year. And uh, I believe during this recent stretch, they've left a lot of guys on base. And while that is a performance issue in the short term, generally speaking, that means you're still getting guys on base and you're going to eventually start hitting them in. So as I look at it right now, they're in first place. They're second in the National League in runs. They're first in OPS. Uh, they're first in the RA. I expect that they'll still be one of the best teams in baseball by the end of the year. Manny Machado has been a stud this year for the Padres. Mm-hmm. They got Fernando Tatis coming back. Of course, what they're going to have in that pitching rotation. The Giants are the Giants. They're going to be just a thorn in the side, and they're going to be tough. And you add the numbers up, and you don't know how this team is good. But here they are once again. What about the Padres? And still, maybe even a lot of upside there. How concerned would you be from a Dodger perspective? Is it more the Giants or the Padres in your mind? 
I think it is more the the Padres. Like the Giants had some kind of magic going on last year, yeah. and uh, they still only beat them by one, one game, game in the regular yep. season. One game, and then the Dodgers beat them in the playoffs. So I, I I don't think that it's all there for the Giants this year. There are some reasons for it, like Buster Posey retired, Kevin Gossman signed as a free agent with the Blue Jays. Um, and they also they got career year a career from Brandon Crawford, and he's up in his mid thirties. That wasn't going to happen again. Brandon Belt was probably very likely to regress. So I, I think a lot of the stuff on the Giants makes sense in that I, I do think that they had something going there in their scouting department and getting the best out of guys, but they were still bound to regress in certain areas as well. So it makes sense that they're just good and not great or anything. So that the Padres have been able to do this and be 13 games over 500 without Tatis, and they have had several injuries in the rotation, but they've built the rotation depth to the point that they can absorb that uh, and actually use some of it to trade Paddock for Taylor Rogers, who has 18 saves right now and is going to be an all-star, and now Paddock with Donald Thomas needs to have Tommy John surgery. Um, the Padres are very well positioned to, to kind of push the Dodgers, so I, I guess that's my long answer for yes, the Padres are more dangerous, but I still, you'd have to do an awful lot of work to get me to pick anybody but the Dodgers. Uh, Let's uh, go to the, you mentioned Max Muncy's three run home run, which certainly got a lot of play uh, in the Windy City for sure. And, and across baseball, because uh, what we're referring to, Tony LaRusso, the counts a ball in two strikes and he intentionally walks a man uh, to, to get to Max Muncy who promptly uh, hit the ball uh, over the fence. Uh, LaRusso was booed again yesterday. The White Sox are scuffling right now. Lance Lynn is going to start either tonight or tomorrow, I think, Uh, but he's scheduled. I think it's a, Tonight. I think it is tonight. Yeah, yeah. With Kopech's injury, they had to throw Johnny Cueto. They got Dylan Cease up in the bullpen, so they had to reshuffle everything. Well, uh, so is Lafert, let's start with Larusa first of all. He he tried to. Um you know, spin his way out of it. No one was buying what he had to say. He made a mistake. Uh, he's a great manager. He was a great manager. Uh, but is is he is his seat heating up? Do you think in any way, Matt Snyder? Uh, it should be. I think I know they've had a lot of injuries and they have a lot of guys underperforming, but they also have a manager who who puts out bad lineups and who makes bad end game decisions. Frankly, and I know that one was glaring, but it's not like he's on top of everything and making all these brilliant moves. He's not putting them in the best position to win, even despite all their injuries. So I think it should be. And sometimes you just jumpstart things a little bit by by changing the manager up. And uh, I've probably used it before. But I really firmly believe this. Uh, it's a Crash Davis line when he was talking about superstition. He says, if you think you're winning because of this, then you are. I look at the Phillies after Joe Girardi got mm-hmm. fired, and, and they couldn't stop talking about how great things are under Rob Thompson as they went 9-0, and or they won 9-0, in a row. it was 8-0 under him until they lost yesterday. Um, again, if you think that's why, you win, why you're winning, then you are. Maybe the White Sox think they're losing collectively because of in part of Larusa, and if there's a change maybe they get hot and they think maybe the change is why they started winning um I, I don't know that I do know I don't think he's helping them at all and I, I think they need something to kind of jumpstart them and maybe just getting guys back from injury like Lynn tonight or like Tim Anderson here, here in several days when he comes back or like Eloy Jimenez when he comes back maybe that'll be enough but I don't know man I mean it's uh, Jose Abreu is having a, a just good, not great year. He's 35 years old, so he's getting up there in age. 
you know, Yuan Moncada is has been so bad, so bad. It's very, very concerning by this point. Um, Kopech just went down with an injury. There are definitely issues here, and uh, there's still a lot of talent. There's still a lot of time to turn it around. I just feel like maybe jump-starting them would be the move. The reason I'm not thinking that it's that hot is because it's a Jerry Reinsdorf hire, mm-hmm. and he's a boss, and I don't think he's going to want to, one, admit it's a mistake, and two, get rid of his buddy. So as I, I joked in power rankings, you might start, if you're Rick Hahn in the front office, you might start sending guys to LaRusse on a daily basis and just start talking about how amazing retirement would be, especially at his age, and how he <laughs> could do anything he wanted, and just plant the seed, and then maybe in a few weeks it'll be stuck in his mind, and they'll think it was his idea, and he'll step down. It's one of the few hopes for White Sox fans right now. Let's stay in that division, not with my twins, but with the Guardians. Now, I understand. They played the A's over the weekend. They played the Royals and the Tigers. They're beating up on bad teams, but... What yeah. Tito Francona is doing with this squad, it is one offensive player in Jose Ramirez who's a stud and a bunch of spare parts. Yeah. And it's Shane Bieber and a couple other spare parts. You know, Quantrill's been good with that sinker. McKenzie, I think he's got it. Dude's got to have some weight. Looks like he weighs about 140 pounds. But they got some pitching there. Still, to have this team above 500, even that division, what, what Tito's done this year has been incredible. Well, and it's the opposite of what I was saying about La Russa. Do you ever hear about a, a questionable decision nope. from Francona, nope. ever? I mean, the only times uh-huh. we ever think about him are when we're talking about right now how good he is, or when, like, Trevor Bauer makes a fool of himself and throws the ball over center field, and <laughs> these Francona say, what the F is wrong with you, when he goes out to the mound. <laughs> like, the only times you ever it's, – it's never because he did something stupid. And that's one of the best features about a, a really good manager is – they just stay out of the way, and they make the right moves. They stay out of the way. They let their team play to their strengths, and that's what he does, and that's how good he is. Now, you're right that they are just taking care of business against bad teams right now. Gosh, they haven't played anybody in a while. I guess the Rangers were playing pretty well, and they took two or three from the Rangers. But before that, you know, Tigers, Royals, Orioles, and then just now A's. Hey, the mark of really good teams is they take care of business against bad teams, but now they've got a stretch coming up at Colorado, which they're not a good team, but it's always tough to play at Colorado. Then they're at Dodgers, then they're at Twins, and they have Red Sox at home, then they have Twins at home, then they have Yankees at home. So we're going to find out what they're made of here in the next few weeks. Uh, meanwhile, so can we say that this uh, run that the Braves are on, having won 11, now four of those were in Colorado, then they... Uh, beat up on Oakland, beat up on the Pirates. They get the Nationals. Then they get the godforsaken Chicago Cubs uh, for uh, uh, over this coming weekend. So what do yeah, we that make? Hurts. That hurts, man. <laughs> no, they're terrible. No, they're no, awful. Cool. Uh, so what do we make about the Bravos? Who you know this time last year, I think they still were yet to get on their run, and, and ultimately we know how that wound up. Yeah. Uh, what do we make about the Braves? They're beating bad teams that they're supposed to beat. Are they back? Well, I, I hate to lean too much on Crash. Well, who am I kidding? No, I don't hate to lean on Crash Davis. How could I hate that? Uh, again, it's if you think you're that good, you really are, right? Uh, the Braves know they did it last year, and they know they did it without their best player. And, and I would argue, mm-hmm. I would fight to the death that Ronald Acuna Jr. was a better player than Freddie Freeman, for example, last year. So they were never even over 500 until the second week of August last year. They won the World Series. Uh, there are some things about them that are better this year. You trade out Freeman for Olsen. Uh, you get Acuna back. 
Um, the way Kyle Wright looks right now, you could argue maybe the rotation will be better in the long run. They have Kenley Jansen at the back end of the bullpen, and you can't say enough about how good A.J. Mentor has been this year. So maybe the bullpen will be that scary again. Um, I think that they're definitely putting it together. Like you said, the schedule helped, um, and it's going to continue to stay soft, but they have that championship swagger. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably very annoying to opponents, but when you win the World Series, you're allowed to do that. Um, maybe a little bit of 2017 Cubs when they were under 500 at the All-Star break and when they came out of the, in the second half like gangbusters and cruised to the central title. Maybe there's a, it, there's something to that where it's like, okay, in the clubhouse they're feeling right now, we're back, we're back. And in a mental game like baseball, that's a big deal. At the top of all of baseball is a New York Yankees. Stop me if you've heard this one before. Yes, the Yankees are good at baseball. But they're on a historic run and an opportunity to put yeah. themselves in some rarefied air. They're playing at a 119-win clip. Is that what they are? Jesus. Right now, playing yeah. 733 baseball. Take us into this Yankees team, and in a way, it almost feels like they can play better. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny. There are times when I'm like, eh, man, it doesn't feel like they're hitting the ball that yeah. well right now. Yep. Um, yeah, they're, they lead the American League in runs, on-base slugging, OPS. Uh, they lead the American League in ERA. They lead the American League in strikeouts as pitchers. It's ridiculous. Uh, they just, I don't know. It's weird. Like, in some ways, you could say they don't seem like they should be that good. And in other ways, like you said, it seems like, oh, man, they might be better yeah. than this. So we've talked about this before, but it bears repeating. Heading into the season, it was they have potential power on offense, but they need everybody to stay healthy. The bullpen looks great. The rotation's a bunch of question marks behind Cole. Well, as it turns out, the rotation's amazing. Uh, the bullpen's pretty good. There's depth there, but it could be better. Like, when, let's say a role as Chapman comes back and he's full go or old as Chapman. All of a sudden, that takes things to the next level. Now, losing Chad Green definitely helps or hurts. Mm-hmm. hurts. But uh, the way Holmes and King have been pitching this season, Peralta has stepped up. Uh, you're getting good innings from Clark Schmidt. So, I, you know, there's potential there. But the offense is like, Oh, man, Aaron Judge is MVP right now. Mm-hmm. And he's actually on pace to hit over 60 bombs. And then you look at Giancar- Giancarlo going well. He's had an injury, but it was minor. Joey Gallo hasn't even been good. Uh, Josh Donaldson's been okay. Uh, Glaber Torres, looking like the Glaber Torres of old. You know, you know, it's they're getting ridiculous work from Matt Carpenter, by the way. But, yeah. Where did, <laughs> where did that come yeah. from, right? When stuff like that happens, you do start to feel like, okay, maybe they've got something special going on here. But it's they look really, really, really good. Eight hits this year for Carpenter since he's got, got to the Yankees. Six of them home runs. And he was so yeah. bad in his last couple of years with the Cardinals. So let me ask you this, Matt. Are we sure that they're even the best team in New York? I mean, they head and shoulders? Yeah. You, you, you think the Yankees are better <laughs> well, than right, the Right now, yes. Okay. Right now, yes. I there There's a path toward the end of the year where you could see arguing in favor of the Mets because it is a really good-looking offense. And, and, I mean, it's well-rounded. You've got Nemo to get on base, yeah. Marte to get on base and steal bases, Lindor there with a power-speed combo. Then, hey, here comes the Boomer and Pete Alonzo mm-hmm. and Jeff McNeil with a high average. Like, they're very well-rounded. They're powerful to the end. Uh, the, the path would be... Storing up the rest of the bullpen in front of Diaz. Maybe Who's been unbelievable, by the way. This Diaz is something. He has been unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, then it's 
in the rotation with Edwin Diaz, or why I was just on Diaz, sorry, <laughs> with Jacob DeGrom and yeah. Max Scherzer yeah. being their full go selves. Chris Bassett bouncing back. He's been terrible. He's been bad. Yep. Start. Yep. But if you get those two and move on to Bassett as a front line, as a three, along with Carlos Carrasco, that's an unbelievable playoff rotation. You can kick somebody like Tyler Miguel to the bullpen. I expect they will upgrade the bullpen uh, around July 31st. So there's a pass there for the Mets to be better than the Yankees. I just don't think they're there right now. So, Matt, you're helping people out because a few weeks ago, I think maybe the last time we had you on, you were talking about the Cardinals, even though the Brewers were comfortably mm-hmm. in front of the yep. time. He took a stab. He got the Cardinals at plus 275 to win the division. He showed me the ticket, yeah. <laughs> and Brian's feeling really good. So he thanked you, and he wanted me to thank you uh, for that a little inside uh, look at things as we were going through the division. They're up now in the division. The Brewers had the eight-game losing streak. They've had their own set of problems, and we've talked about their offense at this point. You were early on the Cardinals. How much more confident are you here today than when we oh, talked about this very, a couple weeks ago? Very. I do wonder, though, if they'll regret not playing better during that Brewers losing streak yep. because it feels like they could have built a lead to like three or four games and instead it's only a half game and that's probably going to be the worst stretch the Brewers have. Mm-hmm. But I, I would be, if I was a Brewers fan, I'd be very, very worried right now because that rotation is in shambles yes. with those injuries to Peralta and Woodruff. Lauer just had a meltdown against a terrible Nationals team. Burns is good, but he hasn't been more than just good lately. Uh, the offense is totally worrisome, as I pointed out a few weeks ago. So, yeah, I, I would. the concern level in Milwaukee should be high. St. Louis should be feeling good about themselves. Like I said, the only thing is maybe they should have put a little bit more distance. Uh, my last team I want to talk to you about is a team I think that, uh, and I hate to say it, that can win it all because nobody likes the Astros, but they, <laughs> they, they're they they're really good. As you pointed out in your piece, uh, in your power rankings, this, uh, the run Alvarez, the tear that Alvarez is on right now. And didn't he just Absolutely. get paid? Didn't he just got signed? Yeah. yeah, and it deserves yeah. every penny. Big extension. Yeah, and, um, and, and they might have got him on the cheap when we look back at it. This Astros team isn't going anywhere. No, they're not. They're going to win the West with mm-hmm. these, uh, like I said, Alvarez might be the scariest bat in the American League. Altuve looks like the Altuve of old here the past six, eight weeks or so. Um, they lost Carlos Correa to free agency, but Jeremy Pena has been every bit as good this year as Correa has been, so maybe it's a wash right now. Uh, the one thing they were missing last year on that run to the World Series where they lost the six games to the Braves was the rotation just ran out of gas. Well, they've got Justin Verlander at the front end of that, both mm-hmm. at, at that rotation right now. So they are very, very scary. Yes, they are. Uh, Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com. Say it every week, Matt, but uh, can't thank you enough. You make our show better. Love these Monday contributions. Uh, We'll talk to you in seven days, Matt Snyder. CBSSports.com. Thank you, Matt. All right. Good to talk to you. Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com, one of their uh, national uh, MLB writers. Astros are scary. Yeah. Scary. That young shortstop that took over Mm -hmm. for Carlos Correa, he's good. Mm -hmm. He's going to get a lot better. Yes, another team that knows how to build an organization. Yeah, they do. And the teardown and the build-up and now the consistency. Yeah, they cheat. But it's just not cheating. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more that goes into it. So um, I bet the Mets last night. <laughs> oh, no. Uh-huh. So what do you got surrounded now in baseball? We I talked about this in hockey. You had everything right. except for Tampa. Well, I, I'm, not, I'm not in love with my Dodgers ticket anymore. 
You'll be fine. It's June 13th. I, I know, but there was nothing on last night. I was into the game last night. I was it gets really to October, you're going to say, man, I'm really disappointed to have a Dodgers ticket. Come on. You know better than that. Uh, I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure. The Mets are, the Mets are legit. They're good. They're good. Do you think DeGrom's going to be there come October? N- you know. What's Max going to be? Well, that's the, that, that's the wild card. Mm-hmm. I mean, I trust Scherzer more than I trust DeGrom, obviously. Mm-hmm. But Tawan Walker's not bad. No, and this Diaz, the, their closer, he's good. Man, he goes from 102 to 91. Just, just changes speed so effectively. Anyway, Scott Dockerman, he will join us next. Boy, wrote an eye-opening piece on recruiting in the state of Iowa. Can't wait to talk about him. We'll do so in five minutes. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Your side. Why should you apply for a career with Wolf Construction? It's exciting and it's fresh and it's new every day. It creates new challenges and opportunities each day. I wouldn't want to work anywhere else but Wolf Construction. You can look around and go, wow, look what we've accomplished today as a Wolf team. Wolf offers competitive pay. The benefits are great. They have a matching 401k. Don't wait. Apply today at Wolf Construction. Get on board here. Join us here at Wolf Construction. Sign up and let's go. Wolf Construction is a great place to be. Apply today. Wolf Construction. Maybe you're thinking about franchising your business or purchasing a franchise. There's an experienced and trustworthy franchise lawyer right in your backyard. Don't waste your time or money searching for a lawyer out of state when Rush Niggett is here and ready to help your business. Hi, I'm Rush. I've specialized in business and franchise law for the past 25 years. I don't just want to be your lawyer. I want your business to succeed as much as you do. Your business needs Rush. Visit his award-winning blog at RushOnBusiness.com. It's good to have Rush on... The Grumpy Goat Tavern provides a rustic, comfortable atmosphere with reclaimed barnwood, sleek modern finishes, and a -a one-of-a-kind environment that you have to see to believe. Featuring a fresh menu, friendly neighborhood service, 50 tap beers, and sports. The Grumpy Goat Tavern is the place to be for any occasion. Catch all of the games all summer long at the Grumpy Goat Tavern with two locations in West Des Moines and one on First Street in Ankeny. Grumpy Goat is more than just a restaurant. It's local. It's for you. It's your tavern. Des Moines homeowners have two questions. What's the best time to rent out my home? And what's the best way to do it? The best time is when you're moving, relocating, combining households, inheriting a house, or you just don't want to pay a mortgage anymore. The best way to rent? Hire Renner's Warehouse. Whether you have one home or a property portfolio, Renner's Warehouse does the work so you don't have to. They perfectly price your property so you don't have to. They find great tenants in just 17 days on average so you don't have to. And for a small, flat monthly fee, their professional landlords manage your property 24-7 so you don't have to. Collect the rent? You don't have to. Maintenance, inspections, and tax paperwork? You don't have to. There's no upfront fees, no binding contracts, and you can cancel at any time. Find out what your home will rent for by calling 515-528-4429 or go to renterswarehouse.com. That's renterswarehouse.com. Renters Warehouse, Des Moines. You can't buy happiness. 1955. Now back to Miller and Condon. On 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM, here's Ken and Trent. Hi, Miller.
Warren Condon, welcome back to Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trends play of the day coming up. Circus Sports sponsors that. We'll get to that in about 15 minutes. Right now, Scott Dockerman from The Athletic, as I've been uh, saying all morning. Uh, Doc, you've uh, done incredible work uh, at the Gazette in, uh, in long form, uh, most recently at The Athletic, where you've been for the last couple of years. This is a, your piece today, Inside Eye Recruiting, which college programs recruit the state the best? I'm not a big recruiting guy, and I read it word for word and then went back to make sure that I didn't miss some things. Doc, this is really well done. And what uh, what struck me in the comment section uh, that's open at The Athletic to subscribers is the fans from other uh, programs throughout the country saying, hey, when is somebody going to do that for our state? Doc, I don't know who gave you the idea. It's, it's incredibly well written. Uh, the coaches uh, uh, were given anonymity so they would speak freely. It's a great insight, Doc. Well done. Thanks so much, Ken. It was, uh, we've, we've done those kind of uh, probably maybe 15 different states. We've done those stories, and uh, the Iowa one was uh, kind of the the tail end of our most recent kind of week-long series of college uh, recru- uh, recruiting stories. So it was uh, it was interesting because I wanted to get a wide mix because football is so different in this state from the central Iowa area to eastern Iowa to the Quad Cities to western Iowa. So um, all of them are fairly candid, as you know, and in the state that there's uh, the coach speak is probably a little stronger than it is in most states, but. Uh, by and large, they were very open, and, and I thought uh, their thoughts towards the, the two in-state uh, you know, FBS programs were, were pretty telling and pretty strong. I mean, there seems there's a lot of momentum at Iowa State, and mm-hmm. Iowa has been able to, to maintain its, its strength and its core. So, uh, you know, but I, I think what's most fascinating to me is just some of the other uh, – um, yeah. some of the other states getting into the into Iowa. And we've seen a whole lot of that. Doc, you're, you're a couple years older than me, but I remember having the conversation with my buddies in high school, not with us because we were crappy guys from Osage, but why there weren't more D1 kids that came out of our state? If football, basketball didn't matter the sport, and now we've seen that play out. Is it the, the camp circuit that's out there, the availability, the film that's so much more readily available? Why are we seeing more and more programs come into the state of Iowa in your mind? I think it's all of that trend. I think part of it is, uh, you know, it's kind of what was said at the tail end of my story about, you know, social media presence. Um, mm-hmm. Athletes can get their film out. I think that there is better talent now than there was even when I played high school football in a very good league. The MAC was outstanding when I played in the early two, uh, 1990s. Uh, but still, uh, I, I, I think part of it is just being able to the awareness. And then the other, the other part is the, the training in this state. I know there are, there are private trainers in the Iowa City Cedar Rapids corridor. There certainly is in central Iowa and western Iowa, Omaha, and the Quad Cities that really do a good job of, of putting these players in an op, giving them an opportunity to get strength, stronger, uh, be more flexible, uh, get quicker. And that's really allowed them to, to be able to go to the camp circuit and excel. So, I would say that, you know, a lot of players were overlooked in the 1990s and early 2000s. And now I think the state of Iowa is getting its due. But it's clearly there is better football today and better athletes today than there was 20, 30 years ago. And as somebody pointed out, too, just the uh, the uh, growth of huddle 
um, that mm-hmm. uh, that allows uh, you know kids to get their uh, tape out there. Doc, uh, the other point: Can you imagine doing this exercise uh, in two thousand seven, eight, whatever the Gene Chizik era was, and having coaches willing to respond about you know Gene Chizik recruiting the state of I? How scathing that would have been. Yeah, that would have been tough, and oh, I think my. there's some of those where, uh, uh, you know, it might have been the same way with Matt Campbell's predecessor at times, too, um, you know, where, I, you know, the, the biggest difference to me in recruiting in this state um, when it comes is Iowa State is willing to go head-to-head with Iowa, whereas in the past, especially with Paul, um, that when Iowa kind of had its teeth into somebody, he'd back off and go look somewhere else, and, and uh, whereas Iowa State and Iowa, you know, it's not a lot but it's enough, you know, there's several, you know, probably up to five recruits per year in the state that they go head to head with. And Iowa state pulled out a really good wide receiver slash tight end at Kai black. And, mm-hmm. and I would say Jamison Patton is probably the next one on the list that it looks like he's an Iowa state lean. So yeah, I think that's really fascinating to, to project what it would have been like um, under Gene Chizik. Certainly. Uh, one of the other takeaways as well is, is it, is it an arrogance thing? Did you sense that when uh, Nebraska didn't get a lot of glowing um, reports from, from one of the coaches or two of the coaches that you spoke, it seemed like they came across and eh, we really don't need this kid, but we take a look at it. kind of an arrogance thing. And then you look where they've been for the last, I don't know, half, uh, well, certainly during the frost area era, you're wondering why, you know, he's not pulling a Harbaugh and, and spending the night with the kid on his floor. I think the big difference is what we've seen, especially in the Southwest Iowa area is, that Kansas and Kansas State are really focused in that area. And Iowa and Iowa State have maintained and or focused as well. And that means going to almost every high school and sitting down and asking the coaches, okay, you know, what do you got coming in? You know, what what are are your players setting up? What about players in this area? And having just conversations. Not everything is transactional to those. Obviously, they're looking for players, but – you know, to build build those ties and establish that those conversation levels, that maybe in two years that coach could say, "Hey, we got a kid that's in the next town over or one across town that is worth it." Nebraska doesn't do that. Nebraska kind of cherry picks, and yes, they were able to get you know out of the Council Bluffs area, Thomas Fedone, I think, out of mm-hmm. Western Iowa, Seth Malcolm, a few others, and even in Mount Pleasant, Iowa, uh, with the offensive linemen, but. It, it's about making the foot, doing the foot traffic, doing the work, getting into the high schools, talking to the high schools. And I think that's kind of Nebraska's MO where they try to recruit nationally. So they don't necessarily do that on a regional basis. And it's clear that there is some consternation over that in Southwest Iowa because Nebraska is the closest uh, Power Five school to uh, that area. What was the most eye-opening quote that you got or conversation with a coach that you got? Again, this is anonymity. We're not going to throw names around by any means. But what was uh, something that really jumped off as the conversation was happening with one of these coaches? Yeah, I wish I could tell you, Trent, that there was something that just made me go, whoa. Um, you know, I think the Nebraska comments kind of yeah. you know, made me kind of take a slight step back. I think, you know, one coach that you really uh, seemed to prefer Matt Campbell over Kirk Ferentz, I thought was was a little bit interesting, and and then others that uh, you know another coach that that kind of said, well, uh, Iowa has all of these, uh, you know, the, the history, whether it's for Brees Morgan to Jay Neiman, that that they're they are able to kind of that they actually have more of a uh, how do I, how would I phrase it 
that they have a better uh, handle maybe on the state, you know, because there's more history there. And, and so I think, you know, there's really nothing that jumps out at me. I think overall my biggest impression is just how widely respected Iowa State is mm-hmm. um, in all corners of the state. That includes the Iowa City Cedar Rapids corridor to south, you know, south southern Iowa to you know even in the in the eastern far eastern part. I think it's really something interesting to me that Matt Campbell's done his work and uh, it continues to pay dividends. Uh, also in the piece, Doc, uh, we'll move on for this again. So it's a really great read if you subscribe to the Athletic. Uh, carve out some time to read it. I think you'll be um, you'll, you'll be entertained. It was really good. Um, there were a couple of coaches that seemingly did go out of their way to mention Farley and his staff in a positive light. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And and a lot of them have had really good relationships with Northern Iowa in the past. Northern Iowa is, is that, you know, really they were the beneficiaries all those years of, of uh, the state being overlooked by recruiters. Uh, both, for, you know, from the MAC schools, the Division One or Power Fives, and some of the others that you and I was the biggest, um, you know, beneficiary of that. But yeah, they were, they thought you and I has done a good job. And then you and I has now expanded a little bit because maybe the, the, the really the biggest change in recruiting could be what the Dakota schools have done. And that is, you know, since they moved up for Division Two to Division One over the last ten to fifteen years, uh, that they really came into Iowa and recruited the state hard. South Dakota probably the hardest, um, and trying to put the most in. And then even Northwest Missouri State, an all powerhouse Division Two school, um, that all of them have, have kind of really squeezed on Northern Iowa. So Northern Iowa has had to uh, really, really uh, push. And I think everybody is uh, excited about what you and I does. And of course, the results speak for themselves. They've had a very successful program over, you know, a long, long time. Dockets magazine season. We're getting closer and closer, inching as we're not going to wish our summer away, certainly. But speak for yourself. Well, that's you. You're a weirdo <laughs> over there. Most people like summer around here. Doc, as we get ready for the football season, though, what's what's the buzz? The temperature been? It's it's been such a weird off season. You got a great defense returning. You got a lot of names. You have expectations. Great schedule at home. It's hard, at least for a lot of people that I talk to, for people to get overly excited. The big time anticipation for this season. What are you feeling right now? Maybe the temperature of the fan base. <laughs> I, I think they're pacing themselves, Trent. I think that they're, you know, there's an excitement. Sure. I think it's tempered probably by that. There wasn't a big uh, portal addition. There wasn't a change at quarterback. Uh, there wasn't, uh, you know, anything that you could say is, wow. You know, there's no wow factor at the offseason at Iowa. So I think everybody's, you know, it's football season and they've got a good team, so they're going to get into it. But I think here, you know, we're still, you know, almost a full season away, you know, less than 12 weeks. But still, I, I don't think that there's a, a, you know, a huge, you know, go on, let's go on Twitter and, and you know, talk about national championships, you know, feeling here. I think it's. Uh, it's tempered. Uh, it, it's somewhat traditional that this time of year everybody kind of slows it down a bit. Then once you get past the Fourth of July and and get into the the media day circuit, then things really start to ramp up on that. And so that's my expectation that once you get into mid July, that's when people start getting really, uh, you know, really focused and, and interested. Scott Dockerman from the Athletic. Doc, uh, again, well done. Uh, terrific read at the Athletic. Anything you got coming up this week you'd like to share? Yeah, I've got a couple of things coming up. Um, one is, uh, you know, I, I would say 
one I'll probably hang on to a little bit, but the other one, and it's a big one for next week, but the other one is uh, I'm writing about um, Big Ten media rights and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, got a lot of interesting stuff there as a whole. And, uh, you know, the expectation is from the people I've spoken with who are, in, you know, who are very knowledgeable, let's say, of the situation have, uh, you know, expected to happen probably right after the 4th of July is when it'll be finalized. Last week they spent the week um, looking, you know, having taken final pitches from a lot of the, the media companies, and you know, they'll spend the rest of this month kind of going through everything and then finalize it. And, and uh, we'll see, you know, the new media rights agreements probably, you know, maybe the second week of July. Uh, it be fascinating to see how this plays itself out. Scott Dockerman for The Athletic. Look forward to that piece. Doc, we'll talk with you next Monday. Thank you, Doc. Appreciate it as always, sir. All right. Have a good one, guys. Thanks so much. Thank you, Scott Dockerman, as we catch up with our buddy from The Athletic. It's 1145. Trent's Plays of the Day coming up next. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. But you can rent it. Get in on the action with the world's largest sports book. Right at your fingertips. Circa Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circa Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit CircaSports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling... If you're thinking of incorporating or setting up an Iowa LLC, zoom right past LegalZoom and work with Rush Niggett, a Brick Gentry PC. He's set up an affordable online small business package that helps you decide whether to form a limited liability company LLC or a corporation. With Rush Niggett's help, it's easy to form your new small business. Rush Niggett, a business lawyer with Brick Gentry Law PC. Go to RushOnBusiness.com. It's good to have Rose Healthy Life. Wolfkins Construction and Wolf Roofing are currently hiring. What makes Wolf Construction a better place to work is that when we think about developing the whole person is important, whether that person is a new carpenter laborer on a job site or that person's a project accountant that works in the office. It doesn't matter who. It becomes more than just a job or a company you show up to. It becomes part of the Wolf family. Competitive pay, excellent benefits, and a $1,000 sign-on bonus. Apply today at wolfconstruction.net. Trent's Pick of the Day is brought to you by Circus Sports. Download the Circus Sports app today to play with Trent or against him. All right, Miller and Condon, final couple of minutes. Trent's Play of the Day in a moment. Maybe some news coming down on Deshaun Watson. I see a couple of the uh, uh, sports operators out there significantly switching up the odds in the AFC North. In a... In a meaning that the Cleveland was plus two. Hundred uh-huh. now they're plus two seventy. They're being uh-huh. adjusted all over the place. Uh, Cleveland's becoming more of a long shot. So does that mean they're not going to have a quarterback? Are they anticipating a year long suspension? Trent, I'm starting six to, game suspension. It's, it's just, I, I'm starting to wonder if he's not Trevor Bauer. Mm. I mean, I mean, I really am because yeah. they're, 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 it just keeps getting worse for him. I mean, just get, it's 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 awful when you look into. It's no longer what was it twenty two or twenty three women. There's there's more, and some of these stories just. I mean, they Cleveland. 
I made a hell of a mistake. No, absolutely. Yeah. Right? They sold their soul is what mm-hmm. they did. I mean, every team needs a quarterback, but my good God, this is what you want? Now you got to deal how with do you sell that? Right. And how do you sell that to the fan base? Not easy. To the women right. who love football. Well, to the men that have a conscience. Uh, absolutely. Good, well said. You're 100% right. Let's make some money. Circus so Sports Sponsors, what are you betting tonight? Well, here's the big thing right here. If you like Boston, as I do. You get points. You get points. Getting three and a half across the board, except at Circa. Really? We're going to get four. I don't think that will matter. I am also playing money line, but I'm going to play a full unit with the plus four and also going to play half unit with the Celtics on the money line here tonight. I got two in baseball, one that you and I talked about off air. Padres and you, Darvish, mm-hmm. at Wrigley. At Circa, best number on the Padres, minus 126. You're laying minus 135 at a couple other places. But even at that price... We have to be missing something, don't we? Chicago's awful, Trent. They're terrible. Awful. Their bullpen was completely depleted. Mm-hmm. You Darvish gives you seven innings. Mm-hmm. Yes, he's inconsistent, but I don't get this number at all. Quick turnaround. All right, you're going on the road trip for the Padres. Going to Chicago after. Okay. But minus 126? Justin Steele's been good, but I'd take you Darvish at Wrigley Field. Minus 126. Uh-huh. It almost feels too good to be true. And wrap it up. With one underdog, and it's Alcantara for the Marlins. Have you watched much of him? No, I haven't seen much of Every time I flip, he is, and then you just watch the highlights, which I've seen a lot of. Mm -hmm. He is so talented. I heard last week, I think it was Buster Olney say he's going to win a Cy Young at some point in his career. Really? As a Marlin? Well, (laughs) he said at some point in his career, he didn't say in Miami. He is so talented. You're getting plus money tonight against Nolan the Phillies. I know the Phillies are playing well, but I'm going to jump on that one. So that is my final play. Give me the Marlins plus 120 to wrap it up. So you think when we reconvene tomorrow that Boston's up 3-2 with a chance to win it? Zag continues. It's been been unbeatable so far. Uh, Murph and Andy coming up at, uh, well, 1 o'clock. Local programming at 3. Ross and... Dot, dot, dot. I have no idea. Uh, that's going to do it for us, Miller and Condon. We're here weekdays from 10 until noon. Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO.